Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So I grew up loving these films when I was a kid and I really, really liked Danielle. She was in like Wish Upon a Star. There was like this Disney movie that she did with, um, who's the blonde chick that got fired from Grey's Anatomy? Ellen Burstyn? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen Burstyn? Ellen Pompeo? (laughs) No. No, no. The one that got fired. Oh, Kristen. My my, my father, the hero. Remember that? What was her fucking name? Kristen Chenoweth? (laughs) (laughs) It's a white lady. It's not a white lady. (laughs) Y'all know what we talk about. Welcome to Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies from people not typically depicted in scary movies. And today we've got some hunky boys for you. Uh, We're going to introduce a new segment called Bitch Mess My Part, though, where we recast uh, classic horror films and or roles with people of color who are not normally in these films. And we're going to finish you off with a little Halloween scream. Okay, well, I don't know what that was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Trying out new things. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm versatile. No, I'm not. I'm a bottom. (laughs) All right, start us off. So when Drea and I were getting together with the new series, with this new season, we were talking about other segments we could possibly use in reviving our, our three act show. And we thought about this one called bitch. That's my part though, where we recast roles in films, uh, iconic screen Queens, etc., with people of color. Now, by the time this show comes out, I'm sure you will have seen the show that I worked on reservation dogs. I'm super proud of. I was a staff writer on there. Our showrunners were Sterling Harjo, co-created by Taika Waititi. Uh, also in the room was Megazy Pensano, Bobby Wilson, Sidney Freeland, and Taz Rose Chavez. Now we've what we've got now is a world of indigenous characters that people didn't really see us in films and television. They didn't really think that we could carry them. They didn't really think that, you know, indigenous people could sell. And we proved them wrong. 100% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And I talked to Dre about maybe... Let's look at recasting Scream, but with the actors in Reservation Dogs. Initially, I wanted Paulina Alexis to play Sydney, but then Drea corrected me swiftly because Devery Jacobs as Alora Dannon does give me more Sydney vibes mm-hmm. than Willie Jack. But then Drea said that maybe the actress Paulina, who plays Willie Jack, would be a Tatum and actually survive, which I believe because that bitch would have fit through the doggy door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she wouldn't even gone through that doggy door. No. She, it, yeah, it would have just worked out so much better. And then we, I think we would have cast, then would Bear, the guy who plays Bear, Defe, whose name is DeFaro, would DeFaro, would he be Skeet's character? I could see that. Yeah? Sure. Mm. 
who who's um Jamie Kennedy? I think that's cheese. That's, that's lame. Cheese, yeah, yeah, because he's kind of nerdy. Yeah, yeah, that's cheese. So either either Bear is Skeet or he's um what's his name Stu. He's not Stu. He's not Stu. So he's not I goofy guess he's like Skeet. that. But I don't really see him as like a murderer. Yeah, or confused like I guess he is a little glossy, confused mm-hmm. puppy. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. no, that's him. He's okay. Skeet. Um, then we would have. Zon McLaren, who plays the um the cop, mm-hmm. he would be uh Dewey. Dewey, yeah, yes. Deputy Dewey. And then Sarah Pademski, she plays Rita. I guess she would be Courtney Cox's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her Gail name? Gail Withers. Gail Weathers. Gail Withers. Yeah, I could see that. And then we would maybe have Kirk Fox as her dad, in a cameo in the closet, taped up, perhaps. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think also Devery as Sydney because she kind of in in she just has the vibe. She has that brooding vibe, right? Yeah. She's like wounded. She's some seen some things. She's strong. Yeah. She um she doesn't take any shit. But but she's not like loud like Tatum, you mm-hmm, know, or like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, rambunctious, mm-hmm. you know. And Willie Jack has that in- energy. She is. She's, she's crafty. To she's pop crafty. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and, and you know, she will. She can sort out some shit. Yeah. So. Here's the thing about Willie Jack. Mm-hmm. I fully trust and believe that if some shit was going down and people were winding up dead, she would go into a garage by herself at a party. You know mm. what I mean? I, she, she would be like, bitch, come with me. Yeah, they would all, they wouldn't, yeah, split up. A lot of deaths just wouldn't happen, mm-hmm. you know, because they would know to stick together. Yeah. Uh, Sydney and Tatum would be together. And they would have figured out Skeet and Stu, <laughs> their shit, a long time ago. I have so much joy imagining this world of Scream as the characters from Reservation Dogs. No, I can see, <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Let me just get Sterling on the phone. Let me get Sterling Tyke on the phone and be like, listen, we have to do a remake. <laughs> <laughs> have you been keeping up on Scream 5 gossip or previews or YouTube leaks or anything like that? I mean, I just, I know it's... They're done with it. It's in the can. It's mm-hmm. ready to be shown to the public. So th- I'm, I'm waiting. Do you think they're going to kill Sydney? I mean, it could happen. Anything's possible. Maybe that's how she wants to go out. But I don't think they're going to kill off. I don't think that that would be a good move to mm. k- kill her off. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis got killed off and then she came back. Right. Halloween H2O isn't canon. Yeah. At this point. I, I I fucks with some Halloween H2O. I love Halloween H2O. Don't get me wrong. I love I mean it came around in that in that era of like the late nineties slashers. Like mm-hmm. it was like the resurgence of them. I I, I fuck with Halloween. I know H2O. you do. I'm just saying, but yeah, even Jamie was like, no, no, I ain't done yet. <laughs> I think we made a mistake. All right. Well, uh that's the rendering of the cast of Reservation Dogs in our review of Scream. Uh I hope that actually comes to fruition. Let's make it happen. Okay. I think by the by our powers combined. <laughs> <laughs> all right drea psycho gorman was what? this the first movie you saw post-pandemic in theater because you saw it in the drive-in right i saw it at a drive-in theater uh or a drive-in screen i should say there's only a few drive-ins left in california one of them happens to be in my old neighborhood in san diego so yeah, I forced my parents to take me <laughs> to to watch it with me. I should say, what I want. Do, I, Dre, honestly, what do your parents think of scary movies? I mean, 
they could take it or leave it. My mom likes a certain type of horror film, and my dad doesn't like any of them. But he'll he'll fuck around with it. He'll he'll at least appease me and sit down and just you know and pretend like he he can tolerate it. But no, it's not his cup of tea. Mm. But at the end of the day, what does your dad like to watch? Uh, Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> I'm just <kidding. laughs> uh, No, like American Restoration and like, he likes a lot of stuff. He likes a lot of Navy diving shit. Mm. And he also likes a lot of like Kung Fu and stuff like that. Like gotcha. all that shit. He deals with such heavy shit. He doesn't want to focus on like violence and things like that. I So I, I get it. What did they think of Psycho Gorman? They, no. think, they thought it was fucking <laughs> stupid as hell. I mean, it is goofy. It's, it's very, goofy. but it's wonderful. But, you know, they as my parents, they are just, they appeased, you know, what I needed. And I appreciate them for that. I didn't want to see it by myself. I wanted them to be there. So, yeah, we got some Popeye's chicken and some White Claws <laughs> and did that shit. And, um, yeah, it, that, the film is, it's fucking amazing. It's like everything I've ever wanted Anybody that, like, truly loves B-horror movies from the 80s and 90s, this movie, like, this is a, a person who is a fan of that, those types of films. The practical effects are so on point. The costumes and the makeup are so good. And, like, it just has that killer clowns from outer space type of vibes, street trash vibes, even, like, Power Rangers. It and did, like yeah. and, and then, you know, I, I also... Picked up on, you know, they're very much uh, like Deadites or from like Evil Dead. Like that's that whole, there's just a mass amount of blood in this movie and it's fun. Like Mm. it's basically like this Psycho Gorman or the Archduke of Nightmares comes from planet Gygax. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. He lands. So after a, a lifetime of being a slave on this planet, he mm. discovers this stone that gives him the power to conquer these people that have been running his his people. The Templars? And, and the Templars. And what ends up happening is he doesn't just kill the Templars, he kills everybody. And he starts dominating every fucking planet because he can't control himself. One day they do finally capture his ass and they lock him away. So you fast forward to we're on planet Earth and somehow that stone is in a backyard of these kids' backyard. That gave me the gate vibes. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Very much. Um, So we meet uh, Mimi and Owen. And also Mimi's real name is Nita, which I love. Ah. Even though Tommy didn't like this character. I Uh, find children to be annoying. She's a lot. (laughs) But I really like that they allow... Typically the character of Mimi would be played by a boy. Like he would, That's be, true. he would be picking on people and being a piece of shit to his little sister or something like that along something along those lines. Um, but the fact that they put a little girl in that role, picking on her older brother, is really fucking funny to me. Yeah, and it reminded me of myself. It does remind me of you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so they find the stone which controls Psycho Gorman. Also, they give him that name. They have a whole like little powwow, and they come up with the name for him and they don't take him seriously at all but they also like just call him pg well pg for short yeah yeah and prior to that he's already killed three bums he uh <laughs> he blew up two heads and he, he put one in an, another bum in suspended animation mm-hmm. it's bloody and yeah. it looks really fucking cool yeah and then they so they find his ass they leave him there with like some porno mags and shit <laughs> he's like what do i want with this she goes, there's like hunky boys in there. He goes, I I don't need anything with hunky boys. Or or do I like hunky boys? 
If you Google Psycho Gorman, the first thing that fills in, that auto fills is Psycho Gorman Hunky, Hunky Boys. Hunky Boys. Yep. Establishing Psycho Gorman as a gay icon. He's a gay icon. He's a queer character, like a, a very refreshing queer character. Queer the Conqueror, yes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, he's got a lot of pent-up um, feelings, and it's coming out and a little aggressive. Mm -hmm. He's just come off a little aggressive, <laughs> gotta a, say. Just a tiny bit. Conquering worlds. There. And that ass. And that ass. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, one of the nastiest scenes in the movie wasn't even a, a kill. It was when the dad cooked chicken in the microwave. <laughs> mm. So fucking nasty. Also, Greg, what a piece of shit. I also kind of liked how you could see the the parallels between the parents and the kids. Like Mimi and Greg were very much alike. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of liked that they showed, they invested that much time into the story to kind of show the, the community within this family, you know, like who they are as people. Yeah. And I thought all those characters did a fantastic job, by the way. It, it felt like I was watching a film from the 90s. Yeah. Well, that's what I really felt like I was watching. They did a very good job at annoying me. All oh, of yeah. Them. All time. of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, poor little Alistair. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> he gets turned into a brain with tentacles. And I love that. It's just nonsensical. Nobody questions it. He just he, is. He just is. And he's walking around with them in the neighborhood and nobody's freaking out at that. All of a sudden, there's like a couple of cops who show up and they're like, wait a second, you're out of place. Even though you're wearing cargo pants and, <laughs> and a button up. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you just accept these things because it is intentional. That's the difference, you know, in certain films. They, you find yourself laughing at things, but it's not always intentional. Yeah. It was absurd. Yeah. And it, intentionally absurd. And I think it played with that absurdity well. Uh, you know, it was not, it's not a terrestrial film. Like, it's far flung. There's galaxies, there's worlds, there's concrete. And, and it also doesn't attempt to sanitize itself. It's just like, I'm going to be weird and gross. Mm-hmm. And, and I was the, like, all right. All the people um, playing those characters, like they were committed to it. So I bought it on Apple TV and it comes with extras. And I, oh. I do recommend getting it because the extras are fucking hilarious. <laughs> and they had an interview with one of the characters who was like part of like the tribunal council up in space. Mm -hmm. I think his name was like Gore-Tex or something. And he's like Pandora's right hand man. They ask him all these questions and he just like answers them as the character. <laughs> and it is so fucking funny. It gave me like what we do in the shadows kind of vibes. Like mm -hmm. it was that level of funny, yeah. like Matthew Barry kind of funny. I mean, traditionally, I think we'd position, we'd be positioned to think of Psycho Gorman as the antagonist. Mm -hmm. But then you learn about the Templar yeah. and, and Pandora. Actually... And they're such self-righteous, uh -huh. like colonizers. Uh -huh. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. So Psycho Gorman is the hero. Yeah, he was, again, oppressed. He, he suffered a lifetime of abuse. And really what you're watching, it's a love story. The family has to learn to love one another again. And they're all learning from one another. PG's learning from them and they're learning from PG. And PG's learning like what all these feelings are. And so, yeah, he's not a villain like whatsoever. It kind of struck me as similar to, although not necessarily analogous to Resident Alien, mm -hmm. how that alien comes to value Asta 12 trees as like a friend and he goes from being like a psychotic alien to like being the savior of the human race except like psycho gorman he does make friends with mimi mm -hmm. but then he's like i'm still going to destroy your planet though and yeah. she's like all right that's, that's fine. It's cool <laughs> <laughs> as long as we're good <laughs> um also when you watch it if you watch the end um when he's like a giant purple monster is you know, killing people on the the news stream like the bar that goes across the bottom of the screen it says 
bystanders say he's dickless and terrible. Because <laughs> he doesn't have a dick. Not a detail was spared. <laughs> I guess he's the bottom then, if he's about the hunky boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the advice that dad gave the dad gave to his daughter. Uh, he's like, what, when I was a kid, I met this dude, and he had a weird, creepy van. And he said, you want to come look at my baseball cards? And I went into that van, and it was the best thing I ever no. <laughs> Because what I'm saying is, trust your weird, murdery friend. That's Bad advice. <laughs> Bad advice. <laughs> I love that. And I think one of the most badass scenes was when uh, Mimi prayed to the crucifix and then she picked it up and broke it over her knee. <laughs> Actually, I applauded that. I mean, you know, because uh, that 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 character tended to annoy me. But every now and then I was like, I see you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she she knew she was doing the most. <laughs> and, and she did torture her brother, her poor little brother. And she did cause the destruction of the world, but... Hey, she ushered it in. She didn't do it herself. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You can't put it all on her. I liked that that spin. It's sort of nihilistic and very 2020 to be like, let the world burn. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like that is our version of the happy ending, which is like, I'm cool. Okay, yeah, do what you do over there. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I I'm very much, you know, we're all okay. At least me and you in this room. We are very much in a you stay the fuck over there until things settle down mm-hmm. just leave me be mm-hmm. um i want to also just shout out one more of the deaths the warrior's death is oh, the best God. death in the fucking movie oh, God. and when he kills the legion of the the dark in the woods <laughs> they show up like power ranger style which is really funny yeah and then they turn on him they think they're about to you know get his ass but then he pulls out the he he puts a spanking on him, and then he does the warrior's death to homeboy, and that shit is fucked up. He eats them. Yeah, but it's like his entire jaw like becomes like as massive as his body, and then he just like devours, <laughs> and it just like it's like a giant trash compactor, and he just he just devours. It's that really was foul. it's that really was foul. cool. I like it a lot. And he he also ate uh, food like that when he eats food in the diner. <laughs> dislocates his jaw basically i thought it was cool when he um when he fights the templar at the end how he kind of makes a weapon out of, was it was out of her bones or out of her armor or it was that is part of her body mm-hmm. so you know that's why all that blood was coming off so yeah he made a, a sword out of her body parts <laughs> i thought that was pretty cool it was awesome also yeah. the, mimi's mom becomes a templar for a little while right yeah which was interesting i was like i didn't expect that yeah, you know, I, I got it because, you know, she needed to kind of go rage out on, on Greg. And and then at the end, she needed to protect everybody. It was a good time. And especially at that time in the pandemic, I it was maybe was like November, October, December, somewhere around the end of 2020. And it was just like a night. It was a good time. Yeah. Nonsensical, absurd, totally batshit, well-deserved and appreciated. Psycho Gorman. Take a look. Our Scream Queen of the Week is Miss Danielle Harris in Halloween 4 and 5. So I grew up loving these films when I was a kid, and I really, really liked Danielle. She was in, like, Wish Upon a Star. There was, like, this Disney movie that she did with, um, who's the blonde chick that got fired from Grey's Anatomy? Ellen Burstyn? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen Burstyn? Ellen Pompeo? (laughs) No. No, no, the one that got fired. Oh, Kristen. My, my, my father, the hero. Remember that? 
what was her fucking name? J- J- Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a white lady. It's that white lady. <laughs> Y'all know what we talk about. But anyway, Danielle Harris plays Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. It takes place a few years after the murders in part one and two. So Danielle plays Jamie and she is Laurie Strode's daughter. Mm-hmm. And Laurie Strode is in a mental hospital, we're to believe. And basically, I love this little girl. And I and upon watching this these films again, I, I watch them like every few years. Mm-hmm. Like I, she was just really traumatized. And I think she deserves like a shout out just because they uh, brutalized this they little really girl. They really did. And they she also, her over. she had like some kind of psychic bond. She had a psychic bond to, to her uncle. Yeah. Yeah. And they were going to take that further. And if you notice in the new, that last uh, Halloween film, it takes from most of uh, part five. Mm-hmm. Like there's whole scenes that are in the new Halloween film that are taken from that. Like when they're in the barn and there's a whole bunch of shit. The, the remake or the new ones the, with Jamie Lee Curtis? The new ones with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, okay. okay yeah, okay. the one that Danny McBride just mm-hmm. did, that one. Oh, also Donald Pleasance is back and we love us some Donald Pleasance and he, his dramatic ass. <laughs> he really can't. He, he reminds me of um, uh, Orson Welles. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like delivery. It's yes, like yes. very formal. Yes. <laughs> it's Halloween time and he already knows what's about to happen. Anniversary's coming up and he's like, this motherfucker's about to break out. Mm-hmm. And I got to be ready because you motherfuckers are going to lose him again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every time he's getting transported from a damn hospital, some kind of way. We know this. We, every damn every time. Every time. So uh, his ass gets out, gets away. He fucks up a bunch of people on the way to... To the town. What's the town that he that he always goes back to? Hay- Haydenville or Hampton? Hampton. Hampton. Is it the Hamptons? Is it Fire Island? It, uh, it's Cherry Grove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Haydenfield. So he's back, and little Jamie suspects he's there immediately. Like she already knows. They, they don't really give her a lot to do in the first film. She really comes to life in the fifth film. She's kind of, she's just a witness. She's a witness to everything. And she's watching it all go down. And it's, the way the, the part four even ends is just like, that's fucked up. And yeah. if I had if seen that in the theaters and it had to wait a year, <laughs> that would have made me so mad. Because um, part four is just rude. Yeah. And then part five picks up right where part four ends. And uh, Michael Myers, after getting blown up and shot a bajillion times, he crawls away. And, As and, he does. Yes. And floats down a river. And then he gets taken care of by some weird hobo who, like, he, like, takes care of him for some fucking reason. Love. Yeah, it's all love. Right in the very beginning, the blonde chick, they kill her in yeah. the first, like, 10 minutes. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not nice. I mean, you don't, you think maybe she's going to survive because you only see her get stabbed, like, kind of in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And you never see her again until the end of the film where you're like, oh, no, this bitch is dead. And that, that stab did kill her. That's um, kind of reminiscent of, correct me if I'm wrong, you would know, but in the second Friday the 13th, that woman who made it all the way to the end gets killed in the very beginning. Yes. Yeah, just like that. Which is just a brutal thing to do to a screen queen. She yeah. made it all the way through. And why are you going to do you going to take her out in the Yeah. Beginning? I mean, again, I think that's misogyny. Yeah. 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 It's just people taking out their anger just via script. I feel very close to this character as a child as well. I think because anytime you're little and there's like the child in the film, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I fucks with this person. Mm -hmm. And I did feel like Danielle Harris's character in that was really just 
as an avatar to the viewer. Like we've seen Michael Myers kill all these people. So in a weird way, she kind of taps into the viewer's eye because she sees him committing all of these crimes. And it's like, but we as the viewer do that. We have done that for three movies and now we're getting into this fourth and this fifth one. I thought it was a good way to, to revitalize a franchise. Yeah. Because she is connected to Laurie Strode, but this isn't like the Laurie Strode Chronicles. No, it's, it's her own new chapter. And I, I really wish they would have taken it further. Also in the fifth one, she's she's so traumatized she doesn't speak anymore, mm-hmm. which is fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, just what are you? What more can you do to this child? Mm. Um, put her in a clown outfit. <laughs> <laughs> they put her in that original clown outfit from the first movie, which is really fucked up again. And yeah, she gets picked on by everybody. The cops don't believe her. Nobody believes her, and she's just like, but he did. He killed people last time, right? I told you this shit was gonna happen, and it happened. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's gonna happen again. But you guys are saying no, not this time. It's, I think, a nice innovation of the Cassandra complex, which is like this ancient Greek tale of the woman who could tell the future, but nobody believed her. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's kind of what she is in this movie. Like she's, nobody believes her, but she knows what's going on. She has this like extrasensory ability. Her and Donald. She doesn't want to help. And he he makes her help in the end. He's like, you see what almost happened to your friend? Um, Ultimately, yeah. I mean, they. I feel like they did her really wrong, but I thought she did such a great job in her character. She also did the the remake. She was in the yeah, remake. Yeah, she was like a nurse or something in it, yeah. In, and, um, and, the, and the Rob Zombie The one, Rob Zombie yeah. one, yeah. But she was also, I want to say also notably, in a movie that I unexpectedly liked, which was Stakeland. It's like a vampire movie, and it's like post-apocalyptic, and she's like one of the last human survivors. And I found it oddly compelling. She's also in like the Hatchet series. Mm-hmm. So Danielle Harris, in addition to playing this role, is somewhat of a scream queen in general. Yeah, but she's just wonderful. So shout out to Danielle Harris. We we see you. Yeah, we see you. We we uh we want to see more. Thank you for listening to Scream Queen. We are produced by Kenya and Alex at Domino Sound. I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram because I deleted Twitter. And this is Drea Washington. You can find me at Hey Girl Hey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y on the gram. And in the scary movie of your life. You better scream, queen. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.